Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we delve into your childhood, pluck out a movie and have a good old chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. Watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by David! Hello! Hi! (laughs) Welcome, welcome. And your chosen movie today, very exciting, is Escape to Witch Mountain, yep. 1975. Yeah, it's very important to get that year right. Because <laughs> there's been, been others. So yeah. The IMDb breakdown. Two mysterious orphan children have extraordinary powers and are chased by a scheming millionaire. But where do these kids really call home? Ooh, do, do, do. <laughs> so... Your relationship with this movie? My relationship? I would have, well, it, it came out, uh, as you said, in 1975, mm-hmm. and I was the, not even nine, actually, I was eight and a bit, because it's eight likely eight. it came out before, I'm, my birth is the end of the year, so mm-hmm. it's likely it came out before then. Yes. So I would have been eight and a bit. And I was trying to think back on this, I don't know whether I saw it in the cinema that year or not, right. so it's either there, or it was likely within the next year or two on television. Right. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying to get my timelines right. I don't want to be rude, like, obviously. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I am a more mature gentleman, you're right. <gasps> were they doing the, like... Because I remember my mum talked about in the 70s, they were still doing the, like, they would do a little short... Yeah, we had a supporting film. film. Yeah. yeah, we had to come in, you get the supporting film, then the advert break and trailers, then the main feature. Amazing. Yes. And that would just be on a loop? Um, yeah, if there, was four, if there was four showings that day, oh. then it would be on a loop, yeah. So uh, I was trying to remember where I first saw it. So it might have been the cinema, but it was definitely on television. And for me, I think at that age, I think what this film probably represents was the first time I saw um, children my similar kind of age doing things telekinetically and with their mind. Special powers. And I looked back as well in terms of when another really important TV programme for me came out, which was The Tomorrow People. Uh And that was 1979 it first came out. So about the same kind of time that this was really kind of um, at the forefront of my mind. Children who were able to do things with their minds. And and a sidestep to The Tomorrow People. I used to pretend I was a Tomorrow person. I had special powers. (laughs) So that's probably why this, this film taps into me, in, in for me, yeah. to that kind of supernatural abilities. It's like your Harry Potter, almost. I guess it was, yeah. And, and um, a little bit of escapism and the fantasy of it all. 100%. Yeah, so that, that's why I love... I love the film, and if it was on TV again, I don't think I've seen it on TV for years. No, no, no. I would sit down, I don't care if I've seen it already, I would watch it from start to finish. Amazing. Yeah. So I've, I've never seen this movie. I hadn't heard of it I've heard of it in the sense like I've been talking about it a lot last couple of days while I've been watching it and everyone goes oh yeah the one with The Rock Mm. because it was remade it was remade remade in the 90s and then it was remade in the 2000s with The Rock all with a slightly different his was yeah the 90s one was was just for TV and then The Rock one of course was um, general release Race to Witch Mountain yes Um, Race to Witch Mountain that's right I've just checked (laughs) I didn't know anything about it at all yeah um, I'm interested I, to hear what you have to say about it. This is fascinating. I, I didn't have an actual clue. 
Um, I refused to read anything about it before I watched okay. it. So I literally came in blind. Yes. And I loved it. Like, I genuinely <laughs> did. I've never really seen the, like, live-action Disney movies other than, like, the musical ones. Okay. Um, I've tended to just avoid them all my life for yeah. some reason because I'm a massive Disney fan. Yes. But I've never seen their, like, Treasure Island or their, like, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Or, yeah. And they had all these random ones, like... Bob the Cat, or like, do you know what I mean? They just had mm. all of these live-action movies that would come out all the time, from the like fifties to the eighties. It was a huge part of what they were distributing at time. Mating, yeah, yeah, massive, massive part of their company. Never saw them, and like always wrote them off as like rubbish. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, and I read that Walt Disney had recently died. Um, in the end of the sixties, he died, and this mm-hmm. was seventy-five. And this was their attempt for the studio to do something a bit darker and a bit edgier. And it was. And I do think, like, I did try and yeet myself back to the seventies to be yes. a child. I'm very good at that. I'm like, <laughs> just to blow my own trumpet. I I don't try and judge things from. I try and judge things from when they were made. Okay. Very much so because you you can't like. So get in the headspace of what was happening at that time and yeah, what were the influences and, and social stuff. Absolutely yeah. that and. Also, just like try and watch it as a child, mm. but but even as an adult, genuinely, I was I was kind of riveted. Like it was really fun. I'd not really seen anything like it before, and it was really well structured and mm-hmm. paced. Mm. I thought the acting was generally pretty good. Generally, there were a few moments. Uh, yeah, we'll come but to those. Like, <laughs> for kids, like they were doing their best, and yeah. it's cute because these two kids that play the main characters, Tony and Tia, were in the Dwayne Rock. Johnson they had cameos, absolutely. They had cameos, which yeah. I think is adorable, because there's nothing worse than what usually happens as you read up on this stuff and you find out that Tony died of a drug overdose at the age of 24 or something. No, he had quite, a, that didn't quite an acting career, actually, afterwards. They've, they've both done pretty mm. well for themselves. Mm. Um, I honestly, like, and I'm not just saying that to, like, because I would tell you. Yeah. If I of course you would, that's the whole point of this series, is you, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be honest about stuff. Um, I loved it, and I was watching it on the tube on my way back from work, and literally there were points where I was like, oh no, and like all these people were like watching it over yeah. my shoulder, but <laughs> the subtitles on for them. I read through on IMDb some of the reviews and, and on um, where I rented it from as well, looking at that, and the, many of the parents are now showing it to their children, oh, because it was for them, they remember it as a child, yeah. and now they're passing it on to show, and, and the kids are loving it. It's not scary. Like, it's it's got, like, mild peril. Mild peril. Thank you. Mild peril <laughs> is the word they'd use nowadays, yeah. Yeah, and it does, but it's, it's exciting peril. Yes. Like, you're worried for them, but you're not frightened, because I... I'm definitely more fantasy than sci-fi. I much prefer the past than the future. And aliens, I guess I'm just kind of scared of them as well. But right from the start, we see them as two very strong children. Yes. From the minute they arrive at the orphanage, you can see within the first five or ten minutes that they are in control, in a way, of what's going on with themselves. So they're they're not these timid little things that are scared. But they... They, they, they look very sort of... You look at the poster and it's like a big old spaceship yeah. and then like these two like children... Which is a bit born. of a spoiler really because they've got a spaceship a in the middle spoiler. of it. Oh, yeah. It's like Planet of the Apes fucking DVD <laughs> cover. I'm like, stop it! <laughs> um, so there... I did find it a bit strange mm. how um, everyone they met... And I imagine this is something that would have come from the original book to notice yeah. that they were different. But everyone made a point of being like... What incredibly attractive children. Okay. And I'm like, 
stop calling them attractive. Yeah. <laughs> they're like I read a synopsis like... of the original story, and of course, the different characters in there. The main plot line is the same. They're trying yeah. to find out their, who they are and where they're from. And mm-hmm. um, there's actually a nun and a priest in the in the book version, um, but the priest was called Father Jason, I think. So uh, Father O'Day. So they, they've made some nice links with some of the characters. Yeah, clever. Um, and I'm watching it second time round. Within as soon as those credits start, I'm thinking. This is scary. Honestly, honestly, it's my a... <laughs> first my first note is I'm a little bit frightened already yeah. in the opening credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the, is this? Those oh dark shadows and the dogs barking and the sinister oh, music the and, and running towards like you. Silhouettes like yeah. just on repeat coming towards you with the yeah. like psychedelic backgrounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really unnerved. <laughs> and like literally my notes go, what is this? An orphanage? Oh my God, this is creepy. Oh my God, what are they? Ah! <laughs> Telepathy. Yes. That's my first page. Of yeah, notes. yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't have a clue that, and then all of a sudden she's like speaking to him, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool. <laughs> oh, I am on board with this. Brilliant. It's great." Um, and he does. Oh yeah, he like he he like telekinesizes the like bat. You just made that word up, up didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a word now. He uses telekinesis. Is it telekinesis when you telekinesis is the ability to move objects with your yeah. mind? Yeah. He does that with a baseball bat and beats up a kid. Oh. Um, but I was like, guys, stop doing this in public. Well, I, w- I watched it back again that little bit just to see what the reactions of the kids were because there's a couple it's of comments I've made to, to talk about later on how the adults react to some of their abilities. Yes. But looking back at the children, I initially thought. They're not reacting that sh- in a shocked way, but no. they, they were kind of, kind of, they more stood back and, and were a bit scared of things. But yeah. then there was that, that almost like fear of like, oh my God, what are these, what are these children? There, so there's yeah. a healthy respect for them, I think. There was a bit of an, yeah, an ominous response, but then it happens again a couple of minutes later, they do a similar thing. And the kids, I literally wrote in my notes, I was like, these kids are super chill yeah. about everything. Yeah. Like they were just like, oh, they've done the telekinesis oh, thing again. Yeah. Let's get on the school bus. Yes. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, when the car crashes. When the car crashes, I was so, I was immediately on their side as well. Like yeah. the first scene is literally like, so you had your foster parents and now they're both dead, uh, and you're here at this orphanage. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like I'm immediately sympathetic towards these two children. Like yeah. immediately, um, it was really, really dark kind of yeah like, I mean for, for children of that age watching that film um, I think they're so candid about it yeah. they're like yeah they're dead now and it's sad and I miss them mm. um so I guess we'll just move and I was like Jesus Christ this is crazy but again I think that's re- that reflects the strength of the characters mm. and how uh, how adjusted they were and they were their adopted parents not their actual parents that just yeah. recently died which is why they ended up in the orphanage and of course their, all their memories hadn't come back to them about who they actually were so they didn't know about their, their birth and their origin yeah. at that point so there was nothing for them to feel sorry about I think so Tony's got a harmonica. Yeah. Which he doesn't play very well, I'm afraid. (laughs) Well, I read that the young actor taught himself to play the harmonica for the film and then was dubbed by a professional. Oh, no. (laughs) I know. This nine year 
four-year-old has gone to such like strengths to do do the best he can for this role because his lips are moving to different notes. Yes, which 100%. is which is a shame. But I, I, as a child, again, when I was watching it for the second time, as an adult rather, not the second time, uh, I'm thinking, what would I have completely disregarded as not important as a child versus what do I see as an adult going? Oh, well, that doesn't look right, does yeah. it? And there's a few of those in there which we'll talk about, yeah. but. Yeah, he uses the harmonica to actually to strengthen his abilities. Mm-hmm. He can do it without because there are some moments when he doesn't play the harmonica and he gets to move stuff. Yes. Um, but on the whole, he needs this music to help strengthen his to, abilities. To, you, to, to focus his mind, shall yeah, we say. To move yeah. stuff to the music, mm. which can be both charming and terrifying, depending on what you're frightened of. Or depending on who you are in the film <laughs> yeah. at the time, yes. I.e. the sheriff later on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me. Um, and she has... She's got a whole list of them. A little handbag. Oh, right, yes. I thought you were talking about her abilities. But she's oh, got her star yeah, case. She, it's called a star case. Please get it right. Sorry. <laughs> she has her star case, which, honestly, when it first fell to the ground and we were meant to be establishing it, and yeah. Tony's like, that's her star case. You leave that alone. Yeah. And it's this, like... It was the only time in the movie that I was like, I'm watching something cringe? from the 70s. Okay. That's like been made in somebody's like living room, like yeah. pasted together and then given to the actor. The prop just looks, because they've tried to make it look sci-fi, it looks like something out of the early Doctor Who's. Okay. Like it just, it really stood out to me, not in a magical way, in like a, that's a clunky prop kind of way. And it's the only... Which she, which she pretty much carried everywhere she went. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but she's always always got that case She's with her. always got it on her. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it as a device. I yeah. loved it as the like... Well, the secret um, map inside. Oh, it's got a secret map inside and it's so cool. And um, so she's got the star case. She can do telekinesis because in the book she's mute. And that's yes, that's right. She can communicate and that's with Which, which it, it, it reinforces their... Um, how they're seen as strange mm. and unusual by other people because I she never talks. I do love that they gave her a voice in this because I think mm. it would have been I would have been like oh I see so the woman's not allowed to talk is she can I comment on that in terms of the gender differences there's a wonderful line that Tony makes to Tia when they're sitting in his bedroom and they're they're, they're commenting on the differences between them and he actually says and you're, you're able to talk to me with your mind maybe it's because you're a girl yes so there was, a, I mean, in the in the book, she's got a lot more power than he has. Yes, and perhaps it's to do with her gender, like like in the Dark Crystal, where it's like, yes. you've got wings, I don't have wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silly, it's because you're a boy. You're a boy. Everyone <laughs> but, knows that. It's, it's cute. Like I I I can go on board. I can be yeah. be on board with that completely. Yeah. Um. So like the first night that they have at this orphanage, hmm. they sat up in bed. I'm well, he's drawing that. on the mirror. Oh, he's drawing telekinetically on the mirror. with a with a, a vision that he yeah, has. Yeah, uh, of this like castle, mm. and she keeps having these flashbacks to something to do with water, and they yeah. get stronger and stronger throughout the movie. But they're established there. But she sits up in bed and she's like, "Tony, can you hear the dogs?" And he's like, "No." And then like the dogs start coming in yeah. in the background, these like eerie barking. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, I can hear them now." And she's like, what do they mean? I had chills. Wow. I was so frightened. I was like, what do you mean you can hear dogs barking? What's going on? <laughs> oh, God, are you okay? Oh, my God. Yeah, she went into these little trancy moments throughout the film. Yeah. And again, I was I think there was a, the line, where is I've written? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm using notes, everybody, because I won't remember things otherwise. Of course. I um, um, oh, I can't see where it is now. But she, he he comments on the fact that you've got that look on your face again, Tia, yeah. and that she's remembering something. Remembering something. Yes. 
they're cute. They're really, they're a good little sibling couple mm. and they do a good job. I grew up with the Harry Potter series yeah. where out of the three main actors, only one of them could act. So I'm mm. very quick to be like, that child. Can I ask you which one? Shit. Rupert Grint. Oh, really? You don't think the other two can act? He's a spectacular actor okay. and, and an, an amazing child actor. Mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe was wooden and he'll admit that. He's very hardworking though and I respect that yeah. a lot. And Emma Watson is a wonderful politician and activist and should continue to do so. But that's for another day. <laughs> the whole so, thing. yeah, the story itself... I think uh, the way the story is presented to us as an audience is great because every step of the journey, we're on board with the children yes. about how they discover things about themselves at the same time we do. Yeah, it's so much fun. And um, each of them is a little flashbacks and you get a bit more detail of them in the water and it's kind of our journey with them. And that was absolutely wonderful as an audience member to watch. We're, we're, we're totally in sync with the characters. It's so exciting. Every time they like remember something about themselves, you're like, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. It's 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 a very clever device. Very clever. Mm. Um, and also, I think what was great in terms of how strong those two characters were is how they knew that they could manipulate the adults. Yes. When they've been um, welcomed in by uh, Bolt as their guest, <laughs> as his guest. Um, at the dinner table that after dinner they they're, they're just really clever with how they suggest things to them well yes you're not looking at all well perhaps you should go to bed and the adults knowing how strong the children are at that point going oh am I oh I better do what they say yeah. so again really strong powerful characters really really and I guess yeah as a kid you would just be like fucking hell this is great like, this is really cool to see someone my age being... Imagine if your child then said that to their father. Yeah, Dad, you're not looking at all well. Yeah. I think you should go to bed. I mean, it's like... It's like, like oh, psychology almost. Neuro-linguistic programming. It's a little bit of suggestive talking yeah. there. And yet they're also really sweet and kind-hearted and good-natured yeah. because they're like... Oh, the reason they end up in this horrible situation is because they try and help someone out by being like, please don't get in that car. Mm. And like, good on him. He believes them. And doesn't get in the car. The car gets wrecked by a truck. But then, of course, he's like, oh, cool. But they know. They've had the premonition of where they're going to go. And they know that it's going to be bad. But they they willingly go there because maybe deeper down within them, they actually know it's going to be okay. It's the first step of their journey that they need to take. They find that as they pull into the drive, you see the dogs. And they're like, oh, there are the dogs. And you're like, oh, I've got chills just talking about it. I'm like, oh, God, foreshadowing. It's so good. Um, I mean, I... They get given this luxurious bedroom full of all of the things that they can... Who wouldn't want a bedroom like that? Sorry, bedroom. A whole suite, if you please. It's a whole suite. It's like... Honestly, they walked into it and I was like, oh yeah, I'm watching it. With an ice cream parlour bar and... Like, it's so Disney. It's like, it's... There's a couple of moments in this that I'm like, oh yeah, it's a Disney movie. Okay. Like, it just... Like, because it just got a... That really well done but like so charming and so saccharine and sweet and like like the children's room in in Mary Poppins yes that's kind of that hyper clean perfect little little world full of like these wonderful toys and like but then there is a little sequence where Tony uses his harmonica to bring the marionettes tonight to life and they have a little dance with Tia and I know it's meant to be charming but I was like don't even think about bringing that puppet to life no no which puppet specific puppet um, it was the, it's like slumped in the corner as mm-hmm. puppets are with its head down and it's just like a doll 
oh. in like an outfit and I was literally sitting here like please don't bring that to life and it does and it is it is sweet yeah but part of me was also like I'm a little bit frightened okay. and unnerved just because of the whole like puppet marionette right. thing and they're like dancing of their own accord and they almost give them actual life in that they start having like personalities and yeah. interact with Tia and I was just a bit like this is oh, frightening please make it stop that music I think I said to you before when we were talking about doing this the music is something that stuck with me for years and oh, years wow. and um, the, the tune that he played mm. I was thinking about it when before I came here today and I, I recognised it as well from another piece of music from another children's series at the time which is and I'll I'll challenge you to look it up after we've gone which is the song that Wurzel Gummidge used to sing so he had his song his theme song with you better wear after W that one uh-huh. and it's almost identical to the tune that Ike uh, that um, Tony plays no. on his harmonica that's great yeah. is that the same composer no I didn't go into was that Wurzel much was Gummidge distributed by Disney no I don't think so Wurzel Gummidge was, oh, I know they are I saw Mackenzie um, <laughs> Mackenzie Crick Mackenzie Crick um, so that was interesting for me to realise that as an adult oh that piece of music was around twice in my life when I was a kid yeah with the words of Gummidge and with, with this song but that that it's for me when I see that puppet routine it's just jolly and happy and oh, reinforces yeah. their abilities of to course. me as to watching that so there's nothing sinister for me about no, it no and I think what it is is that um, I'm of a different generation and what's happened is that things that were innocent and charming in the 70s no longer go with for kids anymore mm. so the 90s were really trying to perpetuate different things that were charming and nice and everything's gotten mature is the wrong word but things that were good enough for children in the 70s then wasn't good enough for children in the 90s and now I look at the stakes are higher or they're more yeah, serious in life I think so yeah right. people are growing up a lot yeah. quicker like we've got Pixar which are like incredibly deep and go into all of these like things whereas as, as solid a script and as genuinely entertaining as Escape to Witch Mountain is and I really hope that children these days are enjoying it yeah. it's very different tonally to what's coming out in cinemas nowadays well and that's what was reflected in the rock version as well in the yeah. um, Dwayne Johnson version because Tony's abilities are he, he is able to withstand huge force and impact just with his body so oh. it's a little bit of X-Men kind of thing in yeah, there a little bit and more. The, the clip that they show you from the trailer is him um, being driven in driven at by a huge truck <gasps> And surviving it because the truck folds over and gets damaged. But like, essentially, you're watching a child trying stopping a truck with his body. (laughs) Yeah, about to get run over, but he knows he can stop it. Yeah. So that's the level of of abilities. They had to up. They exactly what you're saying. And also, like, I read the plot synopsis for that, and it's very much like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the main character, Mm. a, a cop who is given. Whereas here, we follow the children and all the adults that are characters are just part of their journey. So we don't meet what, I guess, the equivalent of the rock character is until, like, we're an hour into the movie. Yeah. Can we talk about the characters? Please. The other characters. Obviously, we talked about the two children. Then we've got the baddies, um, which I thought were very funny. Um, I mean... One's British, Donald Donald Pleasance, one of our great icon actors, Mm. who, who played his part of... Dominion, Duranian, Duranian, yeah, really coldly and and calmly with a, 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 a to to complement his boss, I think, brilliantly, who yeah. was at times manic and and over the top crazy. and quite crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, what's really 
clever about Disney, and there's a whole other conversation that I, I'm going to try not to go into here, but they're very good at making their villains both threatening and unthreatening at the mm. same time. I was never... I'm not going to have nightmares about them. No. But I worry about their influence during the course of the movie. Yes. And it's always been the same. And it's because, unfortunately, they do sort of take these foppish uh, storylines with them, especially in the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to make their characters very flamboyant, as it were, to make them... And camp at times as well. Really yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, which is a whole other concept. Aladdin, the baddie in that. All of them. Yeah. Literally, you can yeah. find it in all of them. Um but these ones, you're right, they're a very good duo. And yet I would say that I was more threatened by the big bad who was more comical than... Maybe it's because we meet him first and we save his life. Yes. We feel a bit more attached to him because I was on board with him. And even though he's hunting these children down, mm-hmm. part of me for some reason applied a whole storyline where, even though it might not have even been there, that he was sympathetic towards the children, that he wanted the best for them. Okay. Even though that wasn't actually there, I was like, oh, he's fine. It's the other guy that's going to, like, experiment on them. Yes. Like, for some reason, I, I was like, don't trust the billionaire, but we can trust the, like... Daddy Warbucksy guy over Yeah, he here. is a bit like that, I suppose. And he is, he is very polite and well-spoken and mannered and doesn't lose his temper and is and is, and is kind and, and, and to yeah, the children. I mean, yeah. they both are, in a way. Neither of them have done anything in the film. If they'd been kept, kept captured, we might have seen some other things, I suppose. Yes, but the threat was. was there with the dogs and with them being chased later on and yeah. the police and all this kind of stuff yeah. building up to it. And I think it's because in comparison, you do, at the end, they start on this sort of witch hunt vibe. Mm, and it's oh, him that comes with out the mob, the angry mob. And it's genuinely an angry mob. Yes. And they have fucking guns. Yeah. And, it, and it's because this Daddy Warbucks guy is like, he just looks like Daddy Warbucks, that's why. I know he does, he's bald. And, that's about it, that's the only thing that he looks like, he's, he's bald. He's bald talks British, you know. Okay, all right. Um, and he's like, I want them alive. Like, make sure that they're alive. Yeah. Whereas they could easily have experimented on corpses, like mm. they could have done. Yeah. Um, and it's and like whereas these like rednecky people were totally willing to fucking kill, kill these children because yeah. they thought they were witches. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, he's nice. <laughs> the lovely character of Jason O'Day, oh. our hero in a way. He Ooh. he starts as this uh, gruff, miserable, Classic. antisocial misanthrope. Um, <laughs> Who who softens and and Learns becomes to love and them. He, yeah he loves absolutely them by the end. that's why I was crying yeah. I was like you're never gonna see Jason again and this promise and this promise to look out for other children literally when they were like Tony and T are the only guys that have gone back to us there are plenty of other children on planet Earth that need to find their way I back smell a sequel I literally <laughs> out loud went well, you know what you need to do now, Jason. Yeah. We've established that you're wifeless and childless. Go hunt for more yes. alien children with blonde hair. And he was like, oh, well, I, I can look around. And I was yeah. like, wait. So when I first saw the actor, I had to pause the movie and be mm-hmm. like, give myself five minutes to be like, where do I know you from? Okay. Where do I know you from? Yeah. And initially I was like, he's very reminiscent of the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. But then I was like, no. That man will be dead by 1975. Like, mm. surely he mm-hmm. would be. And I looked up, and he was dead by 1975. Right. So it's not the Cowardly Lamb from the Wizard of Oz. But I was still like, you're in a musical. I know that much. Oh, wow. And I was like, what the fuck are you from? And I eventually had to scroll through his IMDb. Yeah. I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled. He's in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. The Rodgers and Hammerstein's movie version of Oklahoma, 
with like I don't know Shirley Henderson was that her name no Pass. I've watched Oklahoma a thousand times. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it ever. Uh, yes. He's like the guy that wants to marry Ado Annie and ends up married to the woman with the weird laugh. Okay, that's a lot of detail. A lot of detail yeah. that I don't recognise. He's no, like, like swiftly brush that one under the carpet and move on, shall we? I think we? he's like got, uh, yeah, he's got like got an accent and is like tanned okay. and he plays like a travelling salesman. Well, one spotted though that you recognised him. But honestly, immediately I was like, I know yeah. you. So he's great, and then another one which I'd like to mention is actually the local sheriff. Yes! Because he's, I'll talk about the comedic part, and um, as soon as I saw him, when uh, there's a couple of things, um, James Bond popped into my head while I was watching this film mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. One, because of the baddie. Mm-hmm. When we first see Bolt, he's got four of his henchmen standing in front, three or four of his henchmen standing in front yeah. of him, reporting back to him, like it's number one, two, and three, or whatever. Mm. Right, what have you done? What have you done? And everything. A big estate with dogs and a pool. Yeah, and then, um, then we have the sheriff appearing later, and he's this local bumpkin who smokes a cigar and is a little bit un- dishevelled, and it's exactly like the sheriff who's in two Bond films, oh, the same nice. character. Is in, I had to look it up two Bond films oh, this kind wow. of sheriff who thinks he oh he's better than everybody and he knows what he's doing and he's an absolute yes. buffoon and never gets it right so um, the, the comedic aspect of that was quite fun particularly when the kids were locked up and then he got attacked threatened yeah? threatening I found him threatening because it, maybe it's because I'm coming at it like oh it's a 1970s Disney movie it'll be like so innocent mm-hmm. and then he's like uh, I know your name's not Castaway, it's Malone. Let me show you what happens to kids who lie to the law. And then he gets these big old keys. Uh, I was like, what is that? That wouldn't know? happen now. Where's my representative, please? My yeah, legal literally. representative. <laughs> um, and yeah, he locks them in prison. And, and you're meant to be empowered because the kids fight their way out. And Tony uses his harmonica to bring to life like a, a coat stand with a coat and a hat and a broom. And he attacks the sheriff. I don't know if it's because I'm an adult yeah. But I was like genuinely frightened for the sheriff because I was like, oh. if this happened to me, I would die of fear. Like this well, like random bunch of us things. This is an example of what I mentioned earlier about some of the adults' reactions to what the kids were able to do. Yeah. So that's one of the three. Two 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 of the others are whenever um the policeman on the side of the cliff watches with pretty much no reaction at all, his motorbike lift itself off the ground, <laughs> upright, start itself, and ride over the cliff. Mm-hmm. The policeman just stand there as if going, yeah, this happens every day. Literally. That I one. I think that was like a bad acting yeah. choice. And like... another one, another uh, another policeman, this time with Duranian, when Tony picks up mentally, telepathically, with a gun, and it points, if I had a gun floating in front of me, pointing at me, I wouldn't be standing there looking, oh, that's interesting. How Honestly. does that happen? Honestly, when that happened, I was a little bit shooketh. So it's Tia that does it. Oh, she's right. like, she's like using all of her might. She's got her hands to her temples, and she's like got screwed her eyes up. And they've come at them with a gun in the yeah. dead of night, yeah, yeah. which is scary anyway. Mm. But then she fucking turns the gun on them so they can escape. And I'm like, Tia, you can't take a human person's life. You don't know the consequences <laughs> of that. You're seven. <laughs> like, put the gun down, Tia. I was genuinely, and like. As a kid, you probably don't... I mean, you probably thought nothing of it. You were just like, yeah, that's a good idea to yeah, get out of there. scare them. Scare them. She would never pull the trigger, like, of course. Dear, no! <laughs> but it's just they, they seem to be non-plussed, non-phased by it. Yeah. You know, if there was a floating gun pointing at you, and would again, you just stand there and look at it? You'd probably run. I don't know if it was the acting or yeah. if it was just that they were like... 
but not comprehending what was happening. Okay. Because yeah. it's it's magic. That's why they call them witches. Mm. And they established at the beginning in the orphanage, they were like, we can't keep doing this telekinesis people shit. Will, people they keep seeing it. People keep seeing it. in the old town, people used to call us witches and mm. stuff. And like, whilst it's the 70s, and I mean, it didn't take very long for these rednecks to be like, ah, oh, fucking witches. Get yeah, them there, witches. Grab your pitchforks and guns. <laughs> and they literally do. They chase these children through the forest with fucking huge shotguns. I was like, they're seven. They're like literally seven. They're a bit older than that. They're Come seven. on. They are. Okay. You keep they're saying, like, no. I keep saying they're seven. <laughs> what are they? They're I'd like probably 10. put them at um, maybe 11 or 12. I couldn't see any. No, because 11 and 12 is like, you're in high school then. All right. These kids are not Okay, in, in their last year at um, what we call primary. primary school. Yeah, so they're like 10. Yeah. Okay. Not 10 or 11-ish, yeah. Um, yeah, so we mentioned the music so special so effects so mm-hmm. given that they're witches and they can they can move things well they're not witches sorry they're aliens <laughs> uh, spoiler um, they're able to move things with their mind etc I was quite impressed with the um, special effects of the time being 1975 mm. um, right up until the moment <laughs> now let's not talk the end of the film is completely separate when you've got green screen kind of stuff going on yeah, with yeah, yeah. helicopters flying upside down and mm. floating camper vans um, I'm specifically That's talking bad. about the prison cell that you mentioned a minute ago about the harmonica yes. coming through to Tony in the cell I saw the wire yeah. but up until then didn't see anything no, the baseball um, the keys the, moving the all that kind of stuff none of it the crayon on the mirror is really yes, cool yeah like it is it's really really cleverly done and as a child watching that it, it, it builds my belief that this can happen yeah this is real you yeah, know if you, if you concentrate yeah. hard enough you can make it happen but you do still know that it's practical effects yeah which is even better because I was of a generation where CGI had like just come in okay so like they were obsessively using it and you look back now and it's fucking awful most of the time <laughs> even in like big budget movies yeah. like Harry Potter um, but at the time we were like it's magic but um, but when you go back to practical effects there's no looking back on it and going Jesus Christ that's fucking awful I can see that that CGI yeah, is yeah but these weren't these it's were like, pretty impressive that gun is floating yeah. in front of you yeah. and that's frightening yeah um I completely agree. It was it's really good. And then also because it's Disney, they have a lot of I guess it's a practical effect with the use of animals. So they've got their cat. They've got the cat, the horse, the bear and and the dogs as well. The they they're they're impacted. They're 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 affected by Tia. Uh, is that all the uh, uh, Twinkie no tw- not Twinkie Winky. sorry Winky. Winky I'm confused yeah. about Winky where Winky came from. I I She must so, have belonged to the orphanage. Yeah, it's funny because we first get introduced to Winky when she's help. She helps the twins out. And she the alerts twins. them, but she helps them out by like uh, scratching one of the kids, so he drops the bag. Right, and then Tia's like, "Oh, Winky helped out," and I was like, "Okay, did Winky come with you?" Exactly. She that's didn't what... walk through the door. No, with you. she wasn't in the car with them, so I'm assuming it belonged to the orphanage or was known but to then the family. Just... Took her. Yeah, yeah. They stole a cat. <laughs> They're really law-abiding citizens. They needed locking up. Yeah, a little bit. Cat theft. But. So, because Tia's telepathic, she can speak horse and cat. She can speak to all the animals. She is a right little Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle, all over the place. Which is really, really great when it's like, that horse has never been tamed. You stay away from that horse, you ten-year-old. And then she's like, hey, Thunderbolt, do you want me to ride you? And then she can, like, tame this horse. And I'm like, empowering. Amazing. And when they're in the prison cell and they look out the window, there's a bear over there. Okay, you're going to be important to the plot. There's a random bear in a cage. Yes. And part of me is looking at it from this, like, 
Especially like 90s. Cynically. I'm just like animal cruelty a little bit. Okay. Like on set of a movie, like you used to hear about all these monkeys that were trained. Um, to well, like the chimpanzees that we used for t- t- the advertising the tea, the tea campaign. Yeah. yeah, and that was that was around when I was a child. But then it was also really controversial when I was a teenager because mm. people were then talking about it in yeah. a way that it was very <clears throat> controversial. So looking back at it, I was very much of that era that were like stop the animal cruelty in movies, mm. and yet also lots of movies that used animals. So Andre with the sea lion and Free Willy with the killer whale. Okay. And all of these things. So it's a weird mixture. And I, I, so I'm always very alert when animals are used in movies in such a massive way. Yes. So they had this bear and it was in a cage. Like yeah. in a, a cage. a small cage. And I was like, this is awful. Um, but they rescued him. They did They freed him. him. And but then of course, he's like used... And, this is the thing, 50% of me yeah. is like, oh no, like there's a trainer on set and like this bear is having to do all this weird stuff. And then 50% of me was like, the bear's in the car so the villains can't get in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Sounding so much fun. On a slight side note about that, which is one of my bits of what I find funny for the wrong reasons watching again. <laughs> how did the bear open the car door from the inside? <laughs> With its paw? I mean, to somebody, up, sorry, that's a little bit of a, a funny one there to, to laugh at. Later Disney movies, because I would have assumed that the rights of Escape to the Witch, Escape to Witch Mountain, or Race to Witch Mountain, or <laughs> something, Return something to, to Witch, Witch Mountain, Mountain. <laughs> insert appropriate um, name here. Yeah, whichever adjective you want to use <laughs> to get the audience in. I think Escape, yeah, is much more interesting and mysterious than Race. Of course, the, the Dwayne Johnson one was Race to Race to Witch Mountain, which sets you up for an adventure, mm-hmm. but Escape does establish the mystery. Yeah. Um, and I think... And the threat not... as well. If you're escaping, yeah. you know. But I honestly would have always been more interested in watching the 1975 version mm-hmm. of this movie than the 2000. Based on the name itself. Based on the name itself, yeah. And based on knowing that in the 70s they would have had less to rely on. So they would have had to have relied on, like, the script and the... The, and knowing that it was like a Disney movie that, that wasn't being churned out every fucking day. Because yeah. it wasn't until the 90s that the Disney company were like, right, we need to tap in and yeah. start bringing out like two movies a year. It was driven by story and characters. Because they had one shot, so they <clears> had to put everything into that. Whereas you know that Race to Witch Mountain would have been competing with like five other movies. Yeah. And they would have just... Huge media machine out. behind it. Yeah, <clears> massive <throat> corporate like chugga chugga chug chug kind of thing so it just like I was like I don't know and if anyone wants to come on and do Race to Witch Mountain 2000 <laughs> insert year here any please. Rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson fans out there then you know great. where to come because um, I would be really interested to see it especially to compare it to the yes. original but in my head I'm just like I know what it'll be it'll be troping and it'll be adhering and as you say already they've inserted that like X-Men vibe mm. to try and get the kids interested whereas this was just being and by being and like yes maybe there's uh, fans of the book out there that are like this was a terrible adaptation and it ruined everything I don't know (laughs) maybe there is but from what I saw I was like this was a solid movie I can't fault it for its plot structure I can start faulting it when we get towards the end I'm afraid (laughs) and which brings us neatly onto the ending I felt really disappointed and let down oh did you yeah it kind of well for example all the baddies got away with it scot free 
Interesting. Nobody was punished. Nobody got caught. No consequences. No consequence. Thank you. That's the word. No consequences for their bad actions. And, and um, so that was a little bit disappointing. And then also just the tied in with the less than brilliant special effects that we're used to now, watching that camper van fly through the sky, watching the helicopter fly upside down through the sky, and more importantly, land upside down, which the laws of physics would not permit. Um, so I, I, the willing suspension of disbelief, I guess. I had to go, David, it's fine. 1975, it was fine. <laughs> But as an adult now, going, no, I don't get that. I don't like it. Stop it. It's wrong. Um, so those sorts of things. And then just the way Uncle Ben arrived and kind of they said their goodbyes and, and off they go. It was like, oh, that's it. And there was a kind of escalation and kind of uh, of the chase. And then Very will they get caught? Quick. Won't they get caught? What's going to happen and everything? But then just like, nah. It just sort of wraps yes. itself up very quickly. Yeah. See, I disagree. Mm. I finished it like half an hour ago and <laughs> I was literally watching it in the street a la belle, like watching it on my tablet walking home and they're being chased, they're being chased, they're being chased and Jason's like looking around, they're looking around and they're about to, like someone's like coming and stop them on the road and they're blocking the road and they're about to smack into this massive car and I'm like fuck, 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 what are they going to do, what are they going to do? Like genuinely invested, <laughs> like genuinely yeah. invested. And then the camper van takes flight. Yeah. And I was like... I wonder where they got that from in E.T., that idea. Yeah. Well... E.T. Yeah. E. came after, obviously, so the E.T. Yeah, would so E.T. E. would 100% have got it. But, like, Greece, so many things. There's literally a category on Netflix where it's like, movies that end with the protagonists flying away. Oh. Because there's, like, Greece, there's E.T. Like, yes, there's they so do in Greece many, as well. So many things that just end with people flying into the sky, yeah. which is bizarre. But I honestly didn't see it coming here. You didn't? Kept, oh, wow. So what did you think it. was going to happen? When Uncle Benny arrived in the woods, you saw him in the distance walking up towards them. What did you think was going to happen? Well, this is the thing, because even before that, yeah. I decided what was going to happen. Um, and this was like an additional joy. So they're on the phone and they're like, don't worry, don't worry. Make your way to us. Don't lose them. They've been in contact, yeah, with their they're family. they in with the family. We don't know who's on the other end of the phone. No. And I was just like, oh, it's just some random alien. That is, yeah, it's still at that point. Them. I'm with them. I'm actually on board. Oh, because I, I forgot And they're happened. like, they're like, oh, we're going to we make sure that you don't lose them because we want to make sure that they're going to leave you alone forever because we're yeah. going to do something. Yeah. And I was like, cool. They're going to bring yes. up the spaceship. It builds it up to this big, 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 big thing. And then, big, and then it's like, eh. Big thing, we're going to put them in the spaceship and, we, and they're, they're going to fly and that's what was in my head of like, yeah. the, the spaceship's going to rise out of the woods and they're going to get in and mm-hmm. they're going to go but then the camper van type takes flight and I was like oh is this it ah. oh this is cool Okay. oh this is fun <laughs> oh this is really interesting and like they're cheesily like waving to the helicopter yeah, the from the humor, camper van yeah. and I was like this is adorable uh, but also that was another moment where I was like I'm watching a Disney movie yeah. this is very Disney and it's because there was such a drawn out thing because then suddenly you see the camper van upside down and you're like, what the fuck? And then they're like, what the fuck? And they're like, camper vans can't go upside down. Camper vans shouldn't even be flying. And I'm like, lol, 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 lol. And then it pans out and you see and they're suddenly yeah. like, we're, we're upside, upside down. down. And I'm like, Gosh. ah! <laughs> I was having such a good time. Like, honestly, I was like, this is fucking great. Um, and then the camper van lands and they're like, Uncle Benny! And I was like, and they no. were like, we thought you drowned. And he's like, no, I'm fine. And I'm like, oh, I have family. Yeah, but did you hear what he said, though? Oh, I'm fine. It, it's it's all very important if you know how to talk to a passing shark. No, I missed oh, that yeah. line. Oh, yeah. 
That's how he. That's how he didn't drown because he knows he knew how to speak to a shark who helped him not drown. Oh my god! So that's a, quite a funny line. That's actually. amazing. Yeah. I guess that line. I mean, that throws up the whole gender debate as to is it just women that can talk to animals or is it just Tony being shit at all the powers? <laughs> can't even do it without the harmonica. Um, That's hilarious. Some of the things I was amused at as an adult watching it were some of the obvious setups where things were placed or mentioned. They're going, that's going to be important later on. That's important later on. I live for plants and payoffs. Do you? So I'm all about that life. The giant lever that was needed to open the gates at the mansion. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's ridiculous. Who would have a lever like that? You just have a little button. But no, there's this huge, You're heavy really lever. cynical. I am. I am. You, but you've really got your, like... I didn't have my claws out for it, but I'm, I'm watching it again. But your, like, adult face on. Whereas... It almost... A little bit. Disney but th- expected. Yeah, but then I would say, but as a child watching that, mm. it, I wouldn't have noticed that. It wouldn't have been important to me. Yeah, and it kind of wasn't important to me. Like, it it kind of took me back to being a child watching this movie. Like, I was fully on board, and maybe that's a comment about me as a person, or maybe it's a comment about the movie, but... And, and why Disney is still so big today, because it does, it takes you back to your childhood in mm. such a big way. And I mean, I'm not far from my childhood, especially as a product of the 90s, like... I'm a little further. We uh, <laughs> But like, especially our generations, you know, I'm 27 and I'm still calling up my parents every day to be like, what the fuck? Or mm. my mum had like two kids at my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've a very immature generation in that sense. Okay. Um, but yeah, there were so many things in this movie that it's interesting though, because if I had been watching this in a cinema if I'd paid money for it and if it was a new release, yeah. perhaps I would have been sat there like, oh, that's pathetic, that's rubbish, that's so stupid, like, why would they do that? Yeah. But because I was watching it on my tablet for a podcast, as a child's movie, knowing what I was going into, mm. I almost expect, it's terrible, I almost go in and expect these movies to be a lot worse than they actually are, so then when they're good, I, like, really, yeah. really overly enjoy them. So I was like, amazing. <laughs> Uh, the like, other the other <laughs> bit as well that I remember looking at this time Ryan was, or listening to was never Tony said to Tia oh yeah that's why you're really good at opening locks hello <laughs> you might be opening some locks quite soon that's I feel so funny I did not acknowledge that at all they were in the prison cell and they were like gosh we've really got to get out of here soon haven't we Tia and they like try and open the window mm. and I was like oh are they going to escape through the window forgetting that they were fucking magical aliens who yes. can do whatever the fuck they want and bend reality on earth. <laughs> like, honestly, I forgot. So when they started doing all this stuff, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, of yeah, of course. Oh, wow, great. Like, they can get out of anything. so stupid. I completely bought in to what the movie wanted you to notice and not notice. Yeah, and right. like. I, did, I, I, I was more aware of those things, I suppose. Yeah. I, I wasn't trying to look out for them, but no. because they stuck out for me as an yes, adult, of going, and nothing is there accidentally. Yes. It's put there for a reason the script, the, the props, the, the storyline, but really children don't that. notice those sort of things. So children then when it happens, going, oh wow, they can do that. Yeah, of yeah. course. But also, like, I, as I say, I love a good plant and payoff because I respect the storytelling of it and the storytelling aspect of it because I feel a lot in in a lot of movies that I was watching as a teenager and as a, a early 20s they don't bother it's very lazy script writing it's very poor script writing they'll start something that doesn't go anywhere yeah. or they'll not establish something and then someone will suddenly be able to do something mm. and I would much prefer for it to be like pandered to and very much like 
do, 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 we can open Don't forget locks. we said that earlier and now you're, yeah. We're opening a lock. <clears throat> like, I much prefer that than just, like, shit writing. Yeah, you're kind of watching a film going, why on earth did that come into the... Yeah. They haven't mentioned that before. Like, What's what it about? What the fuck is this going yeah, on? What? Yeah, yeah. So I would much rather be pandered <laughs> to... To the point of patronising. All right, but I don't think that was. I don't think the audience was being pandered to at all. Uh, no, I think it was. It's just solid script yeah, writing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some of the other things as well that I find particularly funny in this, watching it this time round, were these. And I mentioned a couple of the motorbikes vacant, the motorbike riders vacant look when things are happening. But um, in the poli- in the prison cell, whenever, why doesn't the policeman hear the harmonica? Oh, yeah. being played at the window it's quite obvious he's playing it and yet he does not hear it. there's a moment when I'm watching going oh, oh I think he hears no he doesn't he yeah. just turn, turns away again yeah. it's really obvious in fact there's a whole orchestra playing along there is isn't there whenever the harmonica plays <laughs> like a band joins in yeah. and it took it was halfway through the marionette scene that I was suddenly like oh there's like other instruments playing right now like yeah. this is really bizarre and it's lovely because it like adds to the moment of course but when you suddenly become aware of it, you are like, well, Tony, you're playing that harmonica really, really well. Here's my backing band. <laughs> yeah. Another one, another couple of them. I've mentioned one as well, the helicopter landing on its rotors. Um, but I noticed this time I had to rewind it to actually count this. <laughs> I'm thinking, there's a scene whenever uh, Mr. Bolt goes to the helicopter for the first time. I don't know if you noticed. How many people does it take to escort Mr. Bolt into the helicopter? How many? I watched this and I went, and these people kept appearing on screen going, what are they doing? Why are they there? It was hilarious. And I rewind it and it took seven people to make sure Mr. Bolt got on that helicopter safely. Hilarious. And I know. You know that would have been a choice. There's some in dungarees, like, there's some in suits. A lot of them in dungarees. I suspect that the helicopter engineers, oh. for some reason, may be fearful that the helicopter might not work. Yeah. <laughs> but I rewind it, I went, I counted them all, I went, seven. Money. There are seven people behind Mr. Bolt <laughs> making sure he gets on all right. That's, That's amazing. Hilarious. Was there a sequel? Well, yes, there was. They <laughs> made Return from Witch Mountain, which also starred the same two actors playing Tony and Tia. Oh, good. Um, but with two new baddies. Oh. Played by wonderful Bette Davis. No. Yes. And another great actor, Christopher Lee. You Fuck know, off. You know them? Bette Davis and Christopher Bette Lee. Bette Davis and Christopher Lee was, I don't know when it was made, uh, obviously that was the first one was 75, so I would suspect Probably maybe like within two or three years later. And that was a huge time for them as actors. Christopher Lee was a, was a yeah, major like horror star, Hammer. and yeah. all the Hammer House of Horror stuff. And Bette Davis as well was still getting, uh, okay. She's all about Eve, right? One, yeah, she is. One could argue that this might have been a step down for her, but it was Disney <laughs> and... You know, she was a major star to, to, to pull that off. To watch a Disney movie with Christopher Lee and Bette Davis as yeah. the fucking villains. Yeah. Hammy, I would Hammy can be in over the top. Money for that. I would pay so much money for that. That sounds amazing. And the original, was Jason in it? Um, he wasn't in that one, but he came in again in the next one. <gasps> there was there, a next there one? There was a next one. There was Beyond Witch Monster. <laughs> How many adjectives? I know, I know. It genuinely is a good story. Yeah. And it genuinely is a lot of fun and could have a lot of stuff to say to a new audience. And based on your comments earlier about having to up the ante, as it were, in terms Mm. of what the children are able to do, I can only imagine what their abilities might be now. Especially with CGI, Mm. as it is. Like, yeah, it could be... It has the potential to be very good. 
Do we see which mountain? Um, is that the mountain that they're driving on at the end? I think it is, yeah. It's locally, it's been nicknamed which mountain. Hmm. Um, and then right at the end, you've got a shot, actually, of where the spacecraft flies to. Interesting, because it takes off from behind a tree, and then it flies up into the sky, and then it disappears off. Then it ends up going into a valley shrouded in mist. Yes, it does. So I, whether that's at the top of that mountain, there is a valley yeah. or somewhere that's hidden from the public, where the castaways, that's their their, their name they call themselves the castaway family that's where they all live so that is which mountain because they mentioned how their original planet was like destroyed Mm -hmm. and that's why they crash land on earth into the ocean um it's honestly really solid (laughs) like i'm actually kind of interested to read the original book yeah i'm i'm very pleased i suggested the movie and introduced you to the movie yes. because seeing your excitement about it is wonderful and Honestly. you know fast forward 10 15 years maybe when you've got children you show <laughs> them this movie i hundred percent <laughs> will and it's made me more interested in going into um other disney live actions yeah because there's so there's many massive of them. even for me as a child when we used to have bank holidays and, and holiday times when the wonderful world of disney would come on which is like this half hour um showcase of disney films aimed at children so you'd have a little introduction by Walt Disney himself talking to the audience and he would uh, introduce the films you'd have maybe a a little animated one a snippet from Bambi or something else but whenever the live action ones came I was like oh it's live action give me a cartoon you know at that age I was I was much more interested in watching the animated ones because there was those appealed to me more but this being live action no this must have had a very different effect on me thank you so much thank you that was fun have you had a good time yes I have yay I genuinely enjoyed this movie cool like I actually did I'm waiting someone bring something on that I'm not gonna enjoy uh thank you so much for coming thank you um do you wanna do you have anything to plug do you wanna people to find you on social media I'm, uh, sl- I'm I'm on Facebook, of course, and, and the very exciting, uh, riveting LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm not on any other form of social media at the moment. I don't tweet. I don't Instagram. Sorry, Gram or whatever the whatever you you youngsters call it. I I I, I, I don't snap. Insta, I don't like snap. I don't Gram. I don't tweet. <laughs> um, but I'm sure they will happen uh, soon enough. So I, I'm no need to plug me. Here I am. You can find me on Spotlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, watch this space. Yeah. Um, you can find me, Emily Slade, on Twitter at Emily Slade One. You can find me on Instagram at Emily Slade 001. You can find Why This Film at Why This Film on Instagram at Why This Film on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast, and you can email into us at Why This Film Podcast at gmail.com. Ta-da! <laughs> so much. I've gotten so good at that. Um, so please feel free to write in if you watched this movie, if you watched any of the remakes, if you mm. hate this movie, if you have a lot to say about this movie, if nothing to say about this movie, let us know. We're on all forms of social media. Remember to subscribe to us, uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you are enjoying our podcast. And if you want to be a guest on this movie, feel free to email us in with suggestions of your movies. Until then, we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! Bye! We watched the film and we talked about it, but now it's time to say goodbye. We'll be back again with another movie that makes you want to ask why. Why? Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select it here. 
For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why this film podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.